Alright, welcome to one of the very first episodes of the NJ De Silva Fitness Podcast. Now, as excited as I am to say that, I'm also going to be very honest with you and very open with you and let you know that I'm also super nervous. Alright, I have recorded, deleted, re-recorded the initial 20 to 40 seconds of this uh, episode quite a few times. Thought of scratching the whole thing. Um, but then I remembered... I remembered that I made a commitment and I promised to myself that I would publish this episode within the weekend. Uh, today is January 9th. It is 2022. It is a Sunday. And th- see, the thing is, the promises we make to ourselves should have more value than a promise you make to anyone else, right? So it's not going to be perfect by any means, but we're going to get this done. Alright, and if you're here, if you're if you're listening, um, I really want you to know that I appreciate you. I'm not expecting a whole bunch of listeners at the very beginning of this journey. So if you're here, if you're listening to this episode, thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, shoot me a message. Send me an email. Uh, let me know what I could improve on. Let me know any topics that you want me to cover, any questions that you have. Um, I would gladly answer them and I will make sure that I give you guys as much value as I possibly can. So yeah, send me those uh, questions or those topics that you want to cover and I'll make sure to do so. Super. So let's get started. Now, I have spent the majority of the day trying to figure out the perfect title, right? It's the beginning of the podcast. It's the beginning of the year. Um, something that would give you a lot of value, etc., etc. And as you could probably guess, I failed to come up with the perfect title. <laughs> but as I was juggling through a few ideas, um, I kept coming back to this idea of the industry or the the market using certain fitness and nutrition myths to mislead you into believing and purchasing certain uh, products or certain services thinking that they would actually perform the miracles that they claim and basically cheat you off your money. So I thought of starting this podcast with a few ways or trying to help you guys spot or identify what a fitness myth would comprise of and give you a few examples, right? So the thing is, most of these things are usually things that sound really, really good in theory, right? Most of these fitness myths. But in reality, they don't provide much, if any, at all benefit. And in most cases, they actually make losing weight and the whole fitness thing a lot harder than it needs to be, okay? Um, For example, see, fitness myths are everywhere you look, whether be it in books, be a, a, a television advertisement, When you go into a supermarket, radio, billboards, everything seems to be bombarded with quick fixes or magical solutions, right? A new scientific discovery uh, of X product that is going to, you know, magically melt all the fat away. Or a new flashy weight loss book that you might see glorified on the bestseller shelf at a bookstore. Or some weird ass piece of equipment that supposedly burns and melts uh, belly fat away with absolutely no effort 
these claims, um, when you when you hear these claims or when you see these products, there are a few things I want you to really, really notice, all right? Fat loss myths either A, glorify a particular aspect of diet and exercise as the ultimate weight loss solution and or B, they tend to villainize a single aspect of diet or exercise as the cause of all unwanted weight gain, all right? Either A, they glorify a particular aspect of diet and exercise as the ultimate weight loss solution, or B, they villainize a certain, a single aspect of diet and exercise as the cause of all unwanted weight gain. Now, um, identifying a fat loss myth can be tough. I'm not saying no, it can be tough, uh, especially when they're disguised so well, right? And they, they, they advertise them as so believable. The, the celebrities that we love, the actors that we love, the uh, singers that we love, when we see these people advertising certain products, we tend to believe them, right? But, but there are a few simple ways to spot these myths so that you don't end up wasting your money or you don't put in effort into a lost cause. Now, I'm going to give you a few questions that I want you to ask yourself. When when you're presented with one of these claims, right, I want you to think of these few questions. One, does it claim to be the single solution for losing weight? For example, with this example, we're going to take losing weight. Does this claim to be the single solution for X problem, losing weight? If a diet or exercise routine uh, deems itself as the only thing you need to do or the only thing you need to change in order to lose weight, then that's a red flag. You can pretty much write it off as a myth. All right. See, while some strategies are better than others all right, in this whole weight loss game, the reality is that weight loss doesn't happen from a single change. Instead, it's about making small diet and exercise changes over time and they become, you know, long-term habits over the long run. It is never a single change, right? So, does it claim to be the single solution for losing weight? Now, next up. Does it glorify a single component of diet or exercise? Right? You need X supplement in order to lose fat. You need to eat X food for breakfast in order to kickstart your metabolism. Um, for example, you have to detoxify your body with this particular juice in order to see results. Right? If you hear the phrases or if you see the phrases, you have to, you must do. You need to include this. These are all phrases that are used to describe a single component of diet and exercise. X food, X supplement, X detox. Yeah. If that is the case, chances are it's a fat loss myth. Right. A simple way to remember this is remember that no single food or exercise is ever the solution all right cool so we covered two questions 
One, does it claim to be the single solution for losing weight? Two, does it glorify a single component of exercise or an, and or diet? Right? Now, third one, does it villainize a single component of diet or exercise? For example, carbs are evil. Carbs make you fat. Fat makes you fat or saturated fat is the culprit. Gluten makes you fat. Do you see? Does it villainize a single component of diet or exercise? Now, for the most part, for the average Joe or Jane, no single food or style of particular exercise is going to be bad for you. Unless you have a food allergy, like for example, if you're lactose intolerant or if you have an autoimmune disease, like for example, celiac disease, then of course, stay away from particular food. But for the most part, no single food or single style of exercise would be bad for your health. Rather, what happens is when we overindulge in certain foods or perform certain exercises incorrectly or if a particular exercise is too advanced for us, that is when we run into certain problems. Um, If you've heard this phrase, the poison is in the dose, right? This applies here, right? For, for things like alcohol or sugar, these things become a problem in excessive amounts. But if you use them in moderation, they become harmless, especially if it's combined with an otherwise healthy diet and lifestyle and active person. Right? The poison is always in the dose. So three questions. One, does it claim to be the single solution for losing weight? or X goal. Two, does it glorify a single component of diet and exercise? And three, does it uh, villainize a single component of diet and exercise? Alright, have these three questions in mind the next time you come across a certain claim before buying the particular product or a particular service. Alright, just to, you know, Seal this through just to uh, go through everything. Let's let's go through a few examples. Okay, a couple of fat loss myths that you might come across. Um, one that is extremely popular is sugar. Right? Sugar is bad or sugar is evil. Right? Now, in a in a world where obesity is on the rise, uh, demonizing sugar has become very easy. Okay, what happens is. Uh, certain studies are performed on large on large populations and um, study after study tends to show that the higher the sugar intake of a population the greater percentage of diet related health issues for example things like diabetes heart disease and cancer occur now the the problem becomes that we assume that all types and all quantities of sugar are bad. See, these studies that show high sugar intakes leading to health issues, um, just because the population eats a higher intake of sugar doesn't necessarily mean 
that sugar is to blame. Populations that eat a lot of sugar also tend to eat a lot more calories, a lot more processed food. They eat very few fruits and veggies and they're also mostly or entirely sedentary. Now, the bottom line of this whole picture is sugar becomes only a problem in excessive amounts. Remember, the, the poison is in the dose. Excessive amounts of sugar leads to too many calories, especially if you're eating a lot of highly processed, quote-unquote, junk food. Right? If you're a, a relatively healthy, a relatively active person that is consuming, uh, say you're in a calorie deficit, eating plenty of micronutrient-dense foods, uh, getting plenty of veggies, plenty of fruit, plenty of greens, then sugar does not negatively affect your fat loss right there are plenty of examples of people eating sugar and still losing weight okay so remember the poison is in the dose now moving on from that we step into carbs an extremely popular fitness myth and a surprisingly high number of people still seem to believe that carbs are evil and that carbs directly cause weight gain. Now, yes, too many carbs may lead to weight gain, but, but not for the reasons that people think. See, similar to sugar, it's the excess calories that come from eating too many carbs that result in extra fat. Carbs similar to sugar is something uh, that many high calorie foods contain. For example, things like pasta, bread, chips, uh, cake, cookies. These are all things that are high in carbs and sugar and typically very low in things like fiber and protein and micronutrients. Yeah. Let's, let's take this example. Think about how easy it would be to overeat on something like cake or cookies or chips as opposed to something of high fiber like some sort of veggies broccoli for example or a high protein food chicken breast for example right it's going to be much harder to overeat now when people cut out carbs and they lose weight they tend to believe that you have to cut carbs in order to lose weight. That isn't the case. See, when people lose weight from cutting carbs, one of these things tend to happen. Okay, They naturally consume fewer calories. Okay, They end up eating more protein automatically. They've cut out carbs, they're going to replace that amount of food with something else. They include more veggies in their diet, which automatically increases their fiber and micronutrient intake. They tend to stop overeating and snacking. Okay, Why is this? Because most convenient snack foods are usually uh, high in carbs. So if they're going to cut out carbs, they're going to cut out a significant portion of snacking. Right? See, carb cutting works because it leads to fewer total calories, more protein, more veggies, and less snacking. But instead of cutting out all carbs, you could get the same benefits, 
by simply reducing your overall calories and eating more protein fiber and make micronutrient rich foods okay and also remember carbs are our body's preferred source of fuel we need carbs okay so um extreme myth surprisingly large amount of people still believe it uh there is plenty of evidence to show that uh, that that carbs do not make you gain weight that it is a calorie surplus that makes you gain weight right cool uh moving on myth number three yeah i think it's three um having small meals throughout the day would boost your metabolism okay now we've, we've heard this we've heard this and this idea makes sense in theory if you're eating small bits of food throughout the day then you'd imagine that your body would always be using calories for energy right metabolism goes up likewise it seems that one big meal would result in less calories being stored as fat sorry in excess calories being stored as fat yeah now although in theory this tends to make sense this isn't really the case there is no absolutely no scientific proof that smaller or more frequent meals are better for fat burning than larger and less frequent ones the the number of meals you eat per day becomes irrelevant to losing weight now in a practical sense okay from from coaching clients what i have experienced is having uh 2 to 5 meals a day makes more sense for most people okay having breakfast or not skipping breakfast makes sense for most people but there is also a significant portion of people that don't like consuming breakfast and for them skipping breakfast makes sense okay the bottom line and the good news is the number of meals you eat per day is irrelevant to losing weight the only thing that matters it becomes your total calorie intake at the end of the day okay so bottom line you don't have to eat every 2 3 hours thinking that it's going to boost your metabolism and if you skip a couple of meals you don't have to assume that your body will automatically uh, store body fat all right um moving on on the same staying on the same uh, lane that breakfast is the most important meal of the day okay we've heard this myth i um, i believe this myth to be true myself that you have to eat breakfast many people believe that skipping breakfast is unhealthy and it leads to weight gain now there 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 is research showing that breakfast skippers tend to weigh more the problem though is similar to studies i mentioned earlier that uh, take into account sugar intake and disease people also people that tend to skip breakfast also tend to have other unhealthy dietary habits while eating breakfast especially with something that is high in protein may help regulate your hunger during the day skipping it will not make you gain weight or slow down your metabolism right the see the bottom line here as well is whether you, or not you choose to eat breakfast should be up to you and your personal preference 
Similar to meal frequency, what matters for weight loss is the total number of calories you're consuming within the course of the day. Right? Um, yeah, so we, we've covered four quick myths and I'm really hoping that they, they help. Uh, as much as I hate to say this, I don't think we're going to see any of these fat loss myths disappear anytime soon. Even though there's so much of good information out there. Uh, the, the thing is, the health and diet industry is a very, very profitable business. And it relies on dressing up or making uh, flashy claims, sexy claims to sell the newest supplement, the newest diet book, uh, the newest weird workout equipment. Right? Luckily, you now know how to identify fat loss myths when they present themselves to you. Right? Remember the three questions? If something claims to be the single solution to losing weight, if something glorifies a particular component of diet and exercise, and noting whether something uh, villainizes a particular component of diet and exercise. Right? Sticking to the fundamental fun, fundamentals of weight loss is going to be the best way that you could build your body, your health, um, and not get caught to all of this, you know, uh, marketing gimmicks out there. Eating in a calorie deficit, including plenty of, plenty of fruits, veggies, whole foods in your diet, consuming a decent amount of protein, uh, using cardio as a supplement to help you with your weight loss goals, focusing on strength training, building muscle, these are all fundamentals that have proven to work that are the end all be all of this whole fitness game and if you do these things consistently and if you continue to learn and grow your knowledge in fitness and in nutrition then i guarantee you will lose weight if that's your goal build muscle if that's your goal and you you, you won't get caught to all of these marketing gimmicks right um i'm really hoping that this episode helped you uh, if you need help, shoot me a message, shoot me an email. It doesn't have to necessarily be about coaching. If you have a question that you want answered, let me know. Um, if I if I can give you a direct answer, I will do so. If I can make it into a podcast episode, I will do so. Uh, but yeah, I'm really hoping that these help and that they add value and that you keep listening. Uh, yeah, I shall talk to you soon. Thank you for listening and peace.